0: we're going to talk about an extraordinary life uh, that God has for us how many of you just be honest as we start out how many of you would say uh, that you like things okay my hands in the air all right uh, I kind of like my phone and some other things that I have. Uh, different things, different possessions, things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But some of us, we we just you know we, we like things, don't we? And and that's why God spends so much time in the Bible talking about money. I don't know if you've ever read the Bible much or whatever, but listen to this: over two thousand times. That's a lot. Over two thousand times, the Bible. God speaks about money and possessions and things like that now why is God so concerned about money because you're so concerned about money right and, and the things that money can buy. Last week, Randy did an incredible job of launching this series. And he talked about... Yeah, he did. And so uh, here's what he talked about. How our heart is attached to our wallet. You know, there's like this big nerve that runs down uh, to our, just me talking about money today. you getting nervous, you know. And, and so God knew that. He knew that's how we could be. And so he talks about this topic... Over and over and over again because God knows, and Randy mentioned this last week, the number one competition for your heart and mine is money when it comes to serving God. It can trip us up as much as anything. So we learned how that, you know, we fear and and lack and things like that uh, make uh, for us to not serve God wholeheartedly. ...the way that he wants us to. So, here's what we're going to look at today... ...is how there's two kinds of mindsets. Recently, I read a book called Mindset. And um, Dr. Dweck, uh, Carol Dweck, wrote this book. And she has a PhD. She studied people's mental uh, you know, capacities and how they think. And she says really, there's like two kinds of people in the world. And, and she says, there's, there's people who think fixed... In other words, they think, I'll never get smarter. I, I know what I can know, and I am what I am. And that's and just the way it is. And she says even kids can think that way. And, and so they grow up thinking, well, this is where I fit, and this is my mental capacity, and this is how it's going to be in life. But then there's other people. There's other kids. There's other adults. And there's people here today who believe in a growth mentality, she calls it. And she says, what happens is there's people who think that, no, I'm not stuck there. I'm not stuck at that level. I can still grow. And doesn't matter how old I am, I can still grow. I can still develop. I can start, still learn new things. And I can develop as a person and grow in all these areas. And, and so she says, it's interesting because there's like these two kinds of mentalities that go on. And indeed, we're going to see this today. When it comes to scarcity, there's a scarcity mindset. And it's more in the mind than in our wallet. It's not about how much money you have. It's how much you think you have. It's how you look at it. It's that, you know, a scarcity mindset is different. And here's what's interesting about this is that, you know, the Bible's so incredible. Because Solomon, a king that's mentioned in the Bible... He wrote over 2,000 years before Carol Dweck ever wrote her book. He said that as a person thinks, so is that person. He said, in other words, if you think you're fixed, you're fixed. And if you think you can grow, you can grow. And so, indeed, God today, I think, wants to help us to grow in a mindset that will help us to be more of what He wants us to be. So, with that in mind, that backdrop, uh, we're going to look at a story that's mentioned in all four Gospels of the Bible. Now, you may not be familiar with the Bible, and that's totally cool. Here's the deal. When I talk about Gospels, what's that mean? It means good news. And so, the Bible talks about four Gospels, Four pieces of good news about Jesus. Because that's the good news. Jesus has come. And four people wrote about it. And those four people are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can find them in the Bible. And and they wrote what we call books. And and they wrote these gatherings of information together about the life of Jesus. And all four of them wrote. And, And here's what's interesting about these four people. Well, two of them were disciples of Jesus. They followed him, walked with him while he was on the earth. Two of them did not. What they did is after he left, they talked to other people about Jesus because their life was impacted by Jesus even though they never met Jesus. They just believed in him. They believed that he was, that that he came and he died and he rose again and they saw all these people's lives change and they just believed. And so they start writing about Jesus. So we have these four accounts. And here's what else is interesting. Is that four of them agree on certain things. And then sometimes they just take off and tell us something that the other people didn't tell. Like in John, he'll he'll write about stuff that he remembered about Jesus. And and Matthew, Mark, and Luke didn't write about that. And then Matthew will tell us a detail about what he remembered, but Mark, Luke, and John don't tell us that. And then sometimes Matthew and Mark say something of the same, and sometimes Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you get the, am I going too fast? Okay, so you get the picture, right? And so here's a story where all four of them tell about it. So I don't know about you, but that kind of makes me think it's a big story. You know, it must be big, and I better pay attention to it. So today we're going to look at the story, and to do this, and I've got limited time, so we're going to have to listen fast, okay? How many can do that for me? Okay, and so we're going to listen fast. Uh, because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all tell about this. But we're going to start in Mark. Mark chapter 6. And if you don't have a Bible, that's cool. We're going to have it up on the screen. It says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were just lost. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. And it's already very late, so send the people away so they can go and buy or go to the surrounding countryside and villages and what? Buy themselves something to eat. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of read into this story, and I think it was Peter's stomach was growling, you know? <laughs> and, and they're talking, and they're like, Are he is going to talk all night, <laughs> and I am starving to death, but I'm not going to tell him that. Lord, the people must be hungry, right? The people, oh, these poor people. We we need to send them away, and they need to buy something to eat. But he answered, you, what? Give them something to eat. And they said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much money on bread and give it to them to eat? And Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. They were thinking one thing. Jesus was thinking another. There's two kinds of mindsets. See, some people have growth mindset, Carol said, and some people have fixed. Some people growth, some people fix. Jesus says some people have a scarcity mindset. Look at this. There's two mindsets. If you're taking notes today, just write down scarcity. Here's here's what that mindset says. There's not enough. There's not enough. There's limited supply, and and so we better watch it because we've got a limited supply to work with. Here's what John tells us about the same exact story. In John chapter 6, it says, Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. And another of the disciples said, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. And he says, well, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. Okay, it isn't just two fish. It's small fish. And it's not just five loaves. It's small loaves. So I love this part. How, how far will they go among so many? You know, I mean, this thing put a dent in it. I mean, what what good is this going to do? And I don't know if you've ever felt this way or not, but have you ever felt this way? Like, what's my giving going to do? You know, what's my giving going to do? and and then sometimes uh, uh, hopefully we can just be honest today after all we are in church right so uh, I'm going to try and be honest there's times when we say oh I don't know if I ought to give and then we go ahead and we give and I don't know if you've ever done this where you've kind of overdone it you felt like like ooh I don't know you know. I, I, I gave all that and then the refrigerator goes out next week you ever been there? You know what I'm talking about? And you're like, God, what's the deal? I thought you told me to do this and that. You should have known that refrigerator is going to go out. <laughs> what's up with that? You know, or a bill comes in you're not expecting, or, or something like that. And, and, all, and man, that, you know, it's, it's like, oh my gosh, how, how am I going to make it? Because we think, oh, I only have so much. But people with a different mentality, and here's the other mentality, you can write this down, have a, an abundance mentality. And that's not about what little, it's what, that there's more than enough. There, there's more than enough, and here's the attitude in Matthew chapter fourteen. Let's look at what Matthew says about it. He says they all ate, and were over five thousand people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were what left over. There was more left over than what started. That's amazing. How many know that's a miracle? And so here's what scarcity says. What can I afford to do? See, scarcity says, now what can I afford to do? And abundance doesn't ask that question. Abundance says, what do I have? What do I have that God could work with? Because there's more where that came from. Because God's economy is not like ours. God shows that he can do a lot with a little. Right? He can do a lot with a little. So, to help us to get this today, will you join me in a little experiment? Okay, everybody? It's no fun if everybody doesn't play. Okay, so let's all play. And and everybody can get in on this. Just take out your wallet. Okay? Some of you are getting nervous. Okay. Take out your wallet. And just take out a dollar. Okay? Just take out one dollar. Now... You can take out your neighbor's wallet if you don't have a dollar or whatever. And uh, you can borrow a dollar from somebody around you. Okay, just say, I'll pay you next week. And then you've got to show up next week, right? If you borrow a dollar from them. And some of you, you may have more than a dollar. So you could easily just give one to somebody else. So, so here's, here's the deal. That doesn't look like very much, does it? I mean, honestly, that doesn't look like very much. Matter of fact, to me, it it doesn't look like much at all. Because I I can't go to the movies and even buy a pop with that. I I can't go to the movies and buy some candy. Now, maybe I could go to the dollar store and get some candy and then smuggle it into the movies. Um, Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. Mm -hmm. You know who you are. So it doesn't look like much. But here's the thing. I, I got a letter this week, just this last week, and asking if every church in the area and or different organizations for the homeless ministry here in our community, if everybody could give $365 to Family Promise. Because here's the thing. The Family Promise found out about their ministry that they do to homeless, for homeless people here in our community. And by the way, I just learned last week they had ministered to a family of five here in our community that were living in their car and, and another family uh, of six that were living in their car. And, and so these are people who don't stand on the street corner asking for money. They're just trying to make it work, just sleep in the car and whatever and, and go to people's homes if they'll let them and stay with friends, family, whatever and, and make it work. And so single moms and different people like that, that's who they're ministering to. And here's what they found out. $365 a day is their budget. So what they thought is if we could get 365 organizations to give us $365 a year, we could make our budget. And, and so I thought, well, shoot. You know, I, that's what I thought, Okay. <laughs> That kind of came out funny, didn't it? But I did. I I just thought, shoot. You know, if our church, if every adult on Sunday would just take out a dollar, we could give more than $365 to Family Promise and help them out and help homeless people right here in our own area. So... Today, here's what we're going to do. Ushers are going to stand at the back doors, and when you leave today, you just give a dollar. Okay? You just give a dollar, and what's going to happen because of today, we're going to take care of at least one day of ministry to homeless people right here in our own community. How many could get excited about that? Is that exciting? But again, that doesn't look like much. That looks like, well, what is that going to do? Who's that going to help? But oh, wait. till so God gets a hold of it, right? And, and so what we've got to do is realize that when we have fear and we have anxiousness, it's not from God, right? Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. And I learned it this way, and have it more abundantly, see we serve a God of abundance have you ever been outside at night on a clear cool night and looked up at all the stars how many know there's more than one up there we serve a God of abundance you know it doesn't make a difference where you go and where you look and if you've traveled around the country or traveled around the world you know that our God is a God of abundance that he has more than enough and he's not up in heaven and I assure you what he's got in heaven blows this earth away right Jesus said, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard what I've got in store. If you think this is impressive, you just wait, in other words. And and so when we think about that, we think about the future, and we think about what God has for us as as people. It's extra. it's, It's excessive. It's abundant. It's extravagant. That's our God that we serve. And so when we look at our supply, it looks small. But when God gets involved, it's amazing. A miracle can happen, right? A playground can be built. A whole kids' area can come to pass. A canopy can come on the building when we do this. All right, write these things down real fast, and we'll wrap this up. Here's what an abundance mentality, because I, I don't know about you, but, but I, I struggle with this sometimes. Because I'll just be honest. There's, there's something in me that says, hang on to that. You may need that. You know, you don't know what tomorrow holds. You know, you, you may not have enough of these. You, be, you better hang on to that one. Am I the only person like that? You know, and, and, and so what happens is, is we think, oh, you know, and, and I don't want to be that way. See, I don't want to be motivated by fear or unbelief or a lack of faith I want to believe in a God of abundance that can do anything as, as we give it to him. And so, God, write this down God multiplies what is blessed. He multiplies what's blessed. Look at Mark chapter 4 and verse, or Mark chapter 6 and verse 40. He says, Then he, they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. And he took the five loaves and the two fish, again, small. And looked up toward heaven, and he blessed the food. And so after he blesses it, it it starts multiplying. And he returns this, this, this food to the disciples, and it meets every need. It's just like when we tithe. It's like, well, it just doesn't make sense. If I let go of this, that more will come to me. You know, it makes sense that I I would hang on to this, and then I'd have more. But there's more than you can imagine through what God has, and it's when we put him first in our lives. That's why we give him the first day, you know? Many of us say, hey, I'm going to give him the first day. Sunday morning, I'm going to give him the first of my week, and I believe that my week will be blessed if I'll, I'll just give him some time. If I'll give him that first part of my week, we give him the first part of our year. We do a 21 day fast as we start out January. And in the last 21 days of January, we say, hey, let's just fast for this year and believe God for great things. In the book, or in the month of December, we're going to talk about Christmas miracles. How many know Christmas is a miracle? I mean, that God would love you enough that he would come down here as a baby and and live and die on the cross to be the sacrifice for your sin and my sin. That's a miracle that God would want to do that for me. I don't know about you, but that's a miracle to me. And and so Christmas is full of miracles. And we're going to believe that you're going to have a miracle this Christmas. We're going to believe that that as we release even that miracle offering to God, that it's going to cause a miracle in our church. That it's going to be a miracle that will ripple outside of this church and ripple out to our community and touch lives. See, our souls were created to connect with God in faith. And faith happens when you step out of the boat. Because you can't walk on water in the boat. Right, And and so until you step out, uh, until you get out there, then it's not going to happen. And so uh, as we release our faith, and I've seen so many people, when they get involved with God, their faith just skyrockets. Here's the second thing to write down, is God multiplies what's given away. He multiplies what's given away. In Matthew chapter 14, here's what Matthew records. He gave thanks broke the loaves and then he gave it to the disciples and the disciples gave it to the people so here, here's what happened Jesus didn't give it to the people he gave it back to the disciples and then the disciples gave it to the people now I don't know if you've ever thought about this and I grew up hearing about this story in church and and all but when did the miracle happen well think about it I don't think the miracle happened when he prayed over the food and, and here's why. Because wouldn't somebody write about that? Out of four people? Wouldn't somebody say, wow, it was amazing. He prayed over the bread. and You know. Whoa, 5,000 loaves all of a sudden. You know, it was crazy. And fish, you know, just popped up. It was amazing. But isn't that how we want? We say, now God, if you'll bless me. Then I'll give. Ooh. Right? We say, hold on, I want to see the miracle first. And God says, mm, no, it's, it's going to happen as you let it out of your hand. Here's when I think the miracle happened as Peter, as John, as Matthew, as Thaddeus, as all these different, different uh, people gave it out. Then God multiplied it. They looked in there, it should be empty by now. Well, it's not empty. And they just kept giving, just kept giving, just kept giving. And it was as the disciples were giving it out, 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 out, that it happened and the miracle took place. And let me tell you something, the miracle is going to happen today as we release what's in our hand to God. It doesn't look like much, but I guarantee you it's going to be amazing. I'll tell you what happened next week as we give this offering to help homeless people in our community. God multiplies what is given away, and it's just the way God works because when you think about it, that much of what God says doesn't make sense. Jesus said, if you want to find your life, lose it. Well, that doesn't make sense. Hey, love your enemy. Well, that doesn't make sense at all. And, and pray for them. And I'll tell you what, uh, 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 do good to those who curse you. Wow. See, that doesn't make sense. And, and so over and over again, God tells us those kinds of things. And here's what Proverbs says. Let's look at this. Proverbs says, one person gives freely and gains even more. Well, how's that happen? How do two fish and five loaves feed over 5,000 people? How's that happen? He says, another withholds. Ooh, well, I don't know if I'm going to have enough. I don't know. You you don't know what tomorrow holds. But comes to poverty, he says. Look at this. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others himself will be refreshed. How many know that God refreshes you? as you release what's in your hand. And you've seen that. It's interesting, even when you volunteer and you go teach kids and you think, oh my gosh, I'm going to be there all day. You know, (laughs) I'm going to be there teaching kids in one service and then I stay for the other service. Good night, that's, how many hours is that? You know, I'll be at church. And it's interesting how God blesses your day, isn't it? How many know that he does that? How many know when you volunteer for different things, it's amazing how you get more out of it than the people that you're volunteering for. it's amazing how that works because as you give, you receive. And, and so over and over again, God tells us that. And in Matthew chapter 6, just real quick, here's what he says about this. Don't worry. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't worry. Some of you raised saying, don't worry, be happy. Anyway, here's what he says. So don't worry. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we work? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? For the pagans run after all those things. And your heavenly father, I love, mmm, mmm, I love this. Your heavenly father knows. How many know that the God who made the heavens and the earth, the sun and the stars, the rivers and the oceans, how many know that the God who spins this world at just the right speed every day so that you can survive, that rotates it around the sun every year, how many know that that God just might know what you need in your life? hmm He knows that you need them, but seek first His kingdom, His righteousness. Just put Him first, and all these things. Everybody say all these things, all these things. These things will be given to you. God knows your needs. I trust Him. How about you? See, I and I have to keep reminding myself. Hey, it's not about you, Craig. It's not about, you. it's not about what, what you're storing up and what you're going to have and whatever. It, it's about what God can do. And I don't have time to tell you today about miracles. Maybe in the next couple of weeks I'll tell you about some miracles where God has just shown up in my life in so many ways. That I can tell you with confidence today that when you step out of the boat, God will step out with you. When you let go of two little fish and five loaves. When you let go of a dollar, it allows you to be part of a miracle of ministering to other people's lives, and it breaks something in you. It causes something in me of selfishness, of greed, uh, of thinking I'll never have enough. Uh, there's scarcity. Oh, there's only so many of these. Maybe I better put that back, you know, and, and I better hang on to that. It causes something in me to open up to the generosity of my heavenly father who looked down one day and says I'm not going to give Craig just a little bit of me I'm going to give him all of me and all that I have and and he's done the same thing for you here today let's pray father we thank you that you can help us to shift our mindset that we don't have to be scarcity minded we can be abundance minded And so, Lord, today for people like me, I pray that you'll help us today to move over into that. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Craig, that's me. I I I don't want fear to be a motivator in my life or unbelief or an idea of scarcity. I don't want to be afraid. I want to be a person of faith. I want to trust a great big God to meet my every need because he loves me so much. If you're here today and that's your desire, you want to walk in faith and victory with a God of abundance in your life, will you just stretch your hand up with mine today and just say, yes, I want that in my life. I want to walk in that kind of faith in my life. Yes, Father, I pray for every person who's raising their hand right now. God, I know there's something that inside of us and some of them may be scared to even raise their hand. It's like, oh, 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 I better not even get my hand in the air because there's something in us and there's a voice even of the enemy that wants to shut down what God can do in our lives. But God, we don't want to listen to that voice. We want to listen to your voice. We want to see you do miracles in our lives. And God, you did a miracle in this church last year. You're going to do a miracle in this church this year. You're going to do a miracle in people's lives and homes and families. God, we know you know what we need and we can trust you. And so God, today we commit ourselves, again, to walk in faith and victory and not doubt and fear. And we thank you for it. Maybe others of you while we're praying, you say, if there's a God who has all this abundant life, I don't know how He could give it to me. Because I've made so many mistakes, if you only knew. I've lived selfishly, I've lived greedily, I've lived for myself. And how could a God like that forgive me? I assure you today that He can. He not only can, but He will. And today, He will forgive you, wash you, cleanse you, change you, and get you ready for an eternal kingdom with him and if you're here this morning you say oh Craig if that's possible in my life I want it to happen right here right now then shoot your hand in the air and say yes that's me this morning yes I see those hands several over my gosh there's several hands all over this room different places God thank you just pray this prayer with me right now just say dear heavenly father everyone pray it." dear heavenly father Thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross for me, to pay for my sin, my selfishness. Today I want to die to myself and live to your glory. Fill my life today with the power of your Spirit. Wash away my past. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for changing me from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody get happy right now.